my great joy to introduce to you the three musketeers hailing from the land of remote work. We have Marissa, career coach and queen of all. We have Jeff, our sassy SEO shaman. And we have Diego, who has spent his 20s building a community of remote working lunatics. Sure, these folks are going to be the people that will get you beach commute ready. And they'll do it in the most exciting way possible. So, happy listening. Hello, welcome to the Digital Nomad Experts podcast. You've got me and Diego today, and I'm super excited because we are talking about one of the really all-time most requested and most asked about topics, I would say, for many soon-to-be travelers, which is all about safety tips. How do you stay safe while you travel? How do you feel safe while you travel, whether you're alone, with groups, with people? We have got a lot of experience in our 10 plus, 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 probably much more at this point, combined years of travel. Uh, A lot of it was learned along the way and through friends, through other people, through other nomads. So Diego, welcome. I'm excited to jump in. Yeah, awesome. Well, this is, it's a super interesting um, topic, obviously, also with us, you know, running the the community of of now over thousands of remote professionals and doing all the trips that we do. I've done 50 trips so far myself with the community. So month-long stays in these different destinations. And um, obviously, as you go along, there's a combo of two things. First of all, you get these questions around safety a lot. It comes up a, a lot, especially in our interview calls that we do as well. And then you you also, when you're on site, obviously, you start to see all these things. You, did, you do actually come across situations that are maybe not as safe or other situations where you just pick up on on advice here and there. And yeah, I would say over the years, I mean, that combined with the fact that I've I've literally grown up around the world. I was two years old when we moved over to, ooh, I hope I get it right, Mexico or Venezuela, literally have forgotten <laughs> at this point. And yeah, and then just kept on moving every two to three years. So we we grew up a lot in South America as well. So destinations that people generally, you know, aren't, aren't as comfortable with at times. And so yeah, so there's, there's a lot of, I'm excited for this one. There's a lot of basically yeah. just tacit knowledge, a lot of stuff that we've been able to pick up along the way that I'd love to be able to just pass on as well. So yeah. Yeah. It's fun. I feel like it's sort of in your DNA to to be aware of so much more and notice and have these tips in the back of your mind that probably you didn't even realize wasn't common knowledge that really happens when you start traveling. So if you're listening and you've never traveled or you've traveled some, or you're looking to travel to kind of edgier places for you, this is the podcast for you. And we're super excited. I feel like Diego and I could talk about this for 10 hours. So we're going to start with this one. Maybe we'll have a couple more in the future. But today we've got 12 specific topics we want to talk about. It's a lot to cover. So we're going to just jump in. The first one is planning the time of your arrival before you get there. So I think we may actually do an entire podcast separately of how to prepare like really before you even get to a place while you're doing the research. But this is just the first one I wanted to share, which is especially as a female, I know my male friends don't think about this one as much, but when you are, especially if you're traveling alone, if you're booking a flight or a bus, you really want to make sure that you're, if if it's a new place, especially you're not familiar with, I really would try to advise arriving when it's daylight out and even kind of earlier in the afternoon, because as we know with travel, flights get delayed, you hit traffic, buses get delayed, trains get delayed, however it is you are arriving. And I say this because when you arrive somewhere, you know, at two in the morning or 10 p.m. or 9 p.m., if you are 
in a place that feels really foreign to you. You don't know who to trust, where to go. Everything just kind of feels a little scarier at night. Obviously, sometimes you can't always affect this. But as an example, I was traveling with a boyfriend at the time. And I was trying to remember the country. I think we were in, oh my gosh, I can't even remember, somewhere in Eastern Europe. I'm going to come back to the country at some point because I can't even remember. We were traveling so fast between European countries and the bus that we took got delayed, hit traffic, and it got to this bus stop in a new country at, I think it was 1230 at night. And I, I was next to him and I was like, I would not be like, I wouldn't have booked this night bus if you weren't here because I would not. And this is after, you know, five, six, seven years of traveling and doing a lot of solo travel. I would not have felt comfortable landing at this particular bus stop. There was no taxis around. I didn't know if my phone would work. I didn't know if Ubers would work. And, you know, here I am, you're dropped off at a bus stop with all every belonging you have in the middle of the night in a place where you don't know how you're going to get to your uh, Airbnb or a hotel so just again, especially for girls, but it was interesting, this conversation, because he said, like, I, I wouldn't have thought twice, if even if I was alone, I would be totally comfortable arriving here. So curious your thoughts on that, Diego, does that ever occur yeah. to you? Marissa, I actually think that's a really, really good point. And clearly, your boyfriend is so much braver than I am. I don't know <laughs> um, if I would, if I would, I think I would have probably just forgotten to do it or forgotten to check and then been like, oh, it's 2am. Crap. Right. What are we going to do now? <laughs> um, the the reality of it is though that whether you're you're obviously for for girls it is even more important to be conscious of this. But even as a guy, if you arrive and you've got you know you got a, a big suitcase, your extra little suitcase, you're wearing five jackets because it didn't fit in the suitcases. You are a perfect target for for anything, and you're totally immobile. But you have all of your prison. Like someone looking at you goes excellent right this is it's it's like going shopping right they just need to open your suitcase and they can they can get everything that they want so you are putting yourself in a really vulnerable situation there that's relatively unnecessary right and that at a time of day where you know it's more likely that things could happen you don't know where you've just been dropped off whether that's a safe area or not a safe area you just don't know anything at that point Right. And generally airports are a little easier than, you know, bus stops are often in the middle of nowhere. They're not always crowded. Generally airports are a little safer. There's, you know, information desk and standard taxis and things like that. There's times again where like I've had delayed flights and arrived in Egypt by myself at three in the morning or to Bali, one of my first trips at like two in the morning. And you just kind of have to wing it and hope for the best sometimes. Or if you can, we'll talk about this another time, you know, like plan your airport transfer ahead of time. Actually, we'll talk about that next. But yeah, you do the best you can. And just something to think about. Maybe that wouldn't cross your mind. So number two, I'll kick it off to you to start, Diego, is the airport transfer. Arranging that potentially ahead of time? Or how do you decide and how do you go about that in a safe way? Awesome. Yeah. And I think kind of to link from what we just talked about to the, you know, this this topic now about air, airport transfer, when you're arriving and you know that you're going to be arriving late at night at an airport, again, that's not a problem, right? Arriving at the airport, no issue at all. It's getting from the airport to where you want to get to. Now, if you have an Airbnb, for example, we all know that at times it works out really well. Check-in is nice and smooth. At other times, what happens if your host is asleep, which, you know, is totally fair on them, right? And it's not the right, not the normal check-in time. My recommendation would be to always get a hotel for that first night if you are arriving at off hours, because there's always going to be somebody at reception at the hotel. It's a big place. It's easy to find. You're not going to you know, stand outside of some door for an hour in the middle of the night with your, <laughs> your suitcases, right? So that's maybe the first thing to, oh yeah, yeah, same. <laughs> um, maybe the first thing to, to think about then as you're, as you're planning your 
your arrival from the airport to the place. Smartest thing I would recommend there is actually to just just kind of like map that out mentally or or even have it written down somewhere. What's your what's your route going to be, right? How are you going to get from the airport to the place? Depending on what time it is, what kind of transport do you want? Do you want a taxi? Do you want a bus? Ironic, taxi isn't always the safest option. More often than not, it is. But sometimes I feel more comfortable taking the public transport or like a shuttle that's been organized by the airport because there's actually more people around, right? And I'm not the only one in a, in a taxi. If I trust the taxi system, no problem, right? There's Uber as well in many of the countries, but that's also not a given, right? So you can't just arrive in a place, go, oh yeah, I'm just going to Uber it there, right? That's not necessarily going to be the case. So quick thing to just figure out is, are taxis from this airport safe? Like you can Google that and you will get your answers very, very quickly. If you haven't had the chance to research that, go to some information desk there and just ask the question. Just say, you know, yeah. where's the official taxi? What's the price? What's safe? So that you also avoid avoid getting scammed, right? Then another thing I really love to do is to actually know, I, I'll Google the route from here to the place. It just makes me feel a little safer to know where we should be driving. And if, you know, it, it just gives me that comfort of like, oh, if we're totally deviating off, of course, <laughs> something, something's Not up, much right? to do at that point. You just know it's wrong. <laughs> Oh, tuck and roll, tuck, tuck and roll into the jungle. <laughs> I've been in that situation in Turkey. The taxi, it, it took a loop around the block to go. I think there were just, it was a loop to like pick up other people, but I was like, we are going in the wrong direction. And I kept saying something to him and he didn't speak English and he didn't even respond to me. And I was like, this is the end of my life. Like I was in the middle of nowhere, Turkey. Oh, like I was convinced. I was like, we are going away from home. I know it. And then he went in a circle and then took me home. But I was like, that was terrifying. So mm, I should have, mm-hmm. I didn't think about just rolling out of the car. <laughs> no, I know. The, 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 no, no, I don't recommend that. That's, that's unsafe <laughs> on many, on many, many levels. So yeah. yeah but that's... one other thing to add to what you said, Diego, is, um, it, it, is thinking about your phone service when you get to a place. So if you research ahead of time, again, it is so good to know, like, does Uber exist at this place? Does it not? Can, do you need cash? Do you not to pay for a car? Do you want to book some, like, you can go on booking.com or find somewhere to book, you know, someone to wait outside with a sign for you because you're not going to have cell service or Wi-Fi or cash on you potentially yet. If you want to feel just a little bit more prepared, but yeah, don't don't forget. You're like, all right, great, I'm going to take an Uber and then you have no way for your phone to work. So, yeah, just doing some Googling ahead of time or if you know anyone who's been there, ask ahead of time um, if you have an Airbnb or a hotel I love to ask them, like, do you sometimes they'll provide, say, this is who we always use for an airport transfer or what is the best way? Like someone on the ground who, or even a hotel, like they'll tell you, or sometimes they have free transportation, but it is a good way just to like, to prepare that ahead of time. So that you know what the plan is and you feel good about getting to your Airbnb or hotel or wherever you're going. And I would say if, if there's only one thing that you take away from this, this particular topic, it is that watch watch out for the unregistered taxis right those are like as you're you're thinking about getting from the airport to the place that is probably your biggest risk factor it's gonna you know it's gonna be one in a thousand it's super super rare that that's the case it's only in a few countries where you really have to worry about that too but you know giving playa del carmen in, in mexico as an example you know there there are people that are just going to try to hustle you to take their taxi they're going to tell you that it's cheaper right I remember we, yeah. we got into a cab, worked out fine in the end. I'm still here on, on the podcast, but <laughs> we, we got in the, in the cab, drove off to some random 
fuel station somewhere. He then said, all right, everybody get out of the car. And we had to take our stuff out. Then another car came, we put our stuff in that car, and then that car drove us to our place. So from my, from my perspective, I was like, well, this is it now. This is, this is where I am in Playa del Carmen. But it was just their, their scheme where there was this guy that was easily able to, I don't know, get into the airport, probably because there was registered taxis and he was one of the, I don't know what they did, but they had this funny. little plan I've going. I've never heard of that. Yeah. <laughs> nuts, nuts. That is but, amazing. Yeah. Well, that was number three on the list. So let's dig into a tiny bit more detail. So number three is kind of getting around. How do you know, do you trust the taxis? Do you not? The public transportation, all of that. And one thing I remember, so when I went to Bolivia with Diego, which is, you know, part it's of a great one for this, yeah. family there. Yeah, we can talk in detail using that as an example. But I didn't even know this when we first got there. But you were saying there's certain, you actually have to fill me in because I can't remember what the difference was now. But yeah. there was two different taxis and one of them like had a different mm-hmm. sign or something and you could trust yeah. one but not the other. So all taxis are not created equal. So from a high level, Diego... How do you recommend somebody like ahead of time know how to trust, like which taxis do they trust or not trust public transportation? Like how does someone know? Because it it differs. It's not like there's one rule across every country. It is so different for every country you go to. Yeah. Well, nowadays, you know, there's a blog post about everything and anything. So you can usually just research (laughs) this, but this, I, I still find that the best approach to it is to actually ask the locals and you can start by asking again, the info desk site. Hey, yeah. you know, is there anything I should know about the taxi system? Not just here, but in the city, you know, ask them and they'll tell you when you're in a reliable, in a taxi with a reliable driver, yeah. be friendly with a driver, be very respectful, be, you know, lovely to the, per- oh, that's, that, that's a safety tip we didn't even put on here, but just building rapport with mm-hmm. people, I believe makes a big difference, right? Because how often is somebody going to rob you? And they're like, this is a really nice person versus my, this person is an asshole and has money. That's my theory. Just like be as right? nice as possible and they'll help you <laughs> and not rob you. <laughs> I, yeah, actually, I mean, that should be a rule for life anyway. We should all just be yes. going through life being decent human beings, but this is an, another reason where it, where it pays off. Yeah, so so to, to, to then have that conversation, build rapport, have that conversation with a ta- taxi driver and say, hey, what's the safety like in this city? Is there something yeah. I should know about the taxi system? Is there taxis that are, that or, or transportation that I should watch out for, right? So in Bolivia, it's, it's a weird one because like you look at them, they both look like taxis, but one of them has this little sign on top that says something like ra- radio taxi, right? And those are the safer ones. They're the ones that are registered with a company as opposed to being, you know, an individual driver, right? And so it's, it's one of those things that locals will constantly tell you. They'll be like, oh yeah, always take a radio taxi. Even locals only take radio taxis, right? So th- these are things that you don't necessarily otherwise pick up on. But yeah, I think that's a really important one. Yeah, I love that. Just... Yeah. Ask the locals, ask anyone who's been there before when you arrive. I love to talk to Uber drivers, taxi drivers, because they know everything. So like you said, Diego, make sure it's someone you trust first. Like don't ask the person who you feel unsafe with. Right. But if you find like you are feeling good or you're with someone who you you do trust, just ask them to say like, can I, can I do this? Can I do that? What do you recommend? And they will tell you. Okay. Yeah. Well, there's one more thing, maybe as we're talking about taxi scams, the obvious one is actually not that dangerous. You're just going to lose money. And it's the the easiest way to make sure that you don't is to talk about the price ahead of time. Just say, hey, I'm going from here to here. How much is it going to cost? Right. Or even better, if you know what the going rate is, you go, hey, I'm going from here to here. That's X amount. Right. And then the person confirms it to you. Job done. The last thing that you want is to get to the end of the journey and the person's going to charge you three times as much. You feel frustrated. You started getting into an argument, all of that stuff you can, you can avoid. 
by just agreeing yeah. on the on the price. It's like just money wise, it's not necessarily like safety, but just like not to get ripped off. We should do a whole episode on that, but totally agree. I, I know, and um, yeah, because it's so there's so many lo- like different scams in different places that we've learned easy the hard way or just by word of mouth. But for example, even in, in Playa del Carmen or anywhere, like Diego said, don't don't get in, don't put your body into the taxi. Like I always stick my head into the front seat window and I'm like, what's it gonna cost? Let's talk about this ahead of time. That's and it. and doing even if you're thinking about the first place of getting to your hotel, like Google about what it should cost because someone could just quote you triple and how will you know? The next one on here, number four, is just how to get a feel for safety in a, in a, a place that you're in in general. So as Diego and I are mentioning, you know, I wish we could give you a one size fits all, you know, here's the lay of the land anywhere you travel, but it is so different from place to place. And we've kind of started talking about ways of asking locals, but Diego, if you're going to a new place or telling someone how to basically figure out how to figure how to be safe, you know, beyond just a taxi, where to walk, where not to walk, where to have belongings, where not, can you leave your stuff out? How do you go about understanding this for each location? Yeah, and, and there are times where I'm more more concerned about it than others, and I won't. I'm going to say I, you know, by default, I don't f- follow all of these steps myself. And I feel a little bit more comfortable in place. But yeah, the most thorough approach is obviously you'd start doing your research ahead of time, just figure out which which area is safe, which one is potentially not, but take that with a grain of salt because you're only really going to know once you're actually on location. When you're there, then, you know, again, talking to taxi drivers is going to help. But you can also, if, if you're really concerned, I would say potentially consider going to to a hostel and talk to a person who's working at the hostel. They'll get these questions a lot from from people there. And those people are also just moving around a lot. So that's an easy one. Your your hotel, you know, again, the hotel staff, that's another reason to have a first night at the hotel. They'll also tell you, watch out for this, watch out for that. Important to know is that like in any city, right, there's places you can walk in, there's places you can't, there's times of day where you shouldn't do certain things, you know, it's it's the obvious stuff. But Medellin maybe is a good example for this one. There's this area, El Porado, that's generally considered safe, right? That's, that's where most of the tourists are at, right? But there's this river that goes through that area. And it has this path and it's like this little kind of like semi-parky kind of thing, right? And so at a certain time, like once it starts to get dark, the locals don't go through that and you shouldn't be going through that. And we've had somebody that actually uh, like ended up getting assaulted in that in that area and basically just had to hand over money. So it's it's important to know that even within areas that generally people say, yeah, is safe, but mm-hmm. how are you walking about within that place? Are you walking in a busier street? Are you walking in an empty street? Are you walking where there's light? Are you walking you know, in some dark corridor or some, you know, some dark, like, like a forest, something like that is you're setting yourself up for, um, for failure in those kinds of situations. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else to to add there? It it is a tricky one. I feel like there's no straight answer to it. A little bit of it just takes traveling more and more and starting to trust, you know, what a place feels like. I would say really try to notice what other people are doing. And definitely, as you said, ask like your hotel front desk or Airbnb host or taxi or a waiter at a restaurant, like anybody you can get your hands on who lives there to try to get it and then watch what other people are doing. So even, you know, in Cape Town, I was just there last month for a couple of weeks. And that is a weird one where there's a lot of, you know, definite safety rules that you should follow. But, you know, I, there's times where I was at a grocery store at night and I, I was maybe three blocks from home and I wanted to walk home and everyone had said like, do not walk at night. Like you can walk around this neighborhood during the day, but like once the sun goes down, like take an Uber, even if it's two blocks, which is super frustrating. But again, it's just asking. And there was times where again, like 
you don't have your phone out or things. And I remember kind of walking down the street and noticing like, normally everybody has headphones in and has their phones out walking in general. And like nobody there was doing that. So I was like, all right, I guess we just don't do that here. Like we just don't have headphones in and we don't walk with our phones. Like, so part of it is just kind of witnessing what other people are doing and yeah, just try to like do some Googling, look at maps, look at blog posts and see what places look safe, what feels safe. But then the best thing you can do is just kind of ask and then start to watch where, what and where, you know, what are other people doing and where are they going or, or not going? And that, yeah, it, it's that idea of keeping your wits about you as well, right? So like you can do all of the research. That's the first part of it. Then you can ask everybody that's kind of like following on from that. Then you're starting to go, okay, you know, let, let me start exploring and, and just having a look at, at what others are doing as well. And then kind of the last layer of that is just like being, being, you know, street smart about the, the things that yeah. you're doing and what you're, what you're being observant, right? If you're going down a street or on, on the sidewalk and you see, you know, at the end of that street or at the end of that sidewalk, somebody coming towards you who you do not feel, you know, comfortable about for whatever reason, right? Either, you know, hop over to the other side of the street, keep walking forward, or if you're really concerned and there's nobody else there and, and that could be a safety concern, just you know, walk back and, and take an alternative route. There's, you have a gut feeling for a reason, right? The stuff is, you know, biologically ingrained in us as well. When somebody looks at us in a way that we look like a target, right? Or when, you know, somebody, somebody you, you're perceiving some kind of a threat from somebody, trust it, trust your gut instinct and just say, all right, I need to, I need to figure out a smart way to, to just circumvent the situation, not necessarily to run, but just, just remove yourself from, a potentially you know challenging situation again nine times out of ten or 99 times out of 100 it's not going to be the case but what you've done yeah. is you've you've ensured that it's not never going to get to it right yeah it's a good thing to do i know there's been times where i've like not wanted to offend people if someone's walking towards me let's say and i want to cross the street to walk on the other side of the sidewalk or i just like have a fear in me part of me will sometimes feel bad that i'm like this person like i have no reason to distrust this person but it's one of those things in travel where it's like, do it anyway. It's better to be safe than sorry in these situations. And this one actually kind of leads nicely into number five is just kind of knowing specifically walking, like where you can and can't walk in each location. So we covered that a little bit, but it's even different. So you kind of got the safety as a whole in a city or a town or a place where you go. And then it gets really specific down to knowing where can you walk whether you're, you know, is it different if you're alone versus one people versus five people? Is it different, you know, street by street, you could be one street over and be really safe in one place and a block away, like it's, you know, darker and just not a good place. So definitely think about like, where you're staying, you know, try to book somewhere that that is sort of like in a place where there's it's well lit and it's busy. If you're trying to be in a walkable place, know your route home. You know, I'm, I don't know why Playa del Carmen is top of mind because I walk so much there and I know it so well. But there's some streets where probably till two in the morning you could feel pretty safe, you know, walking along. But if my Airbnb is you know four blocks off of that, I want to you know walk as far as I can on the safe street and maybe make sure I have a friend or take a taxi if if I know I'm going to have to walk a couple blocks alone at night when I shouldn't. And yeah, just to be, it's kind of a pain. So I'm like, it's so close. I just want to walk like I could, but really just sort of knowing your boundaries and learning again, just kind of looking around what feel, what trust your gut, what feels safe, where is it dark? Where is it light? Where are there people around? And, you know, as example, I remember when I moved to New York city, 
many, many years ago before my nomad life, everyone was like, don't you feel so unsafe when we're walking around there? Like I could walk at any hour of the day, three in the morning, four in the morning, six in the morning. And there are always people around where I lived. So I felt so safe. So there's something to be said for being in those, those areas, but anything to add about like how to know where you can walk and where you can walk alone versus not Diego. Yeah, it's it's being where where people are. I think is is the the key. Like being in a light place, being in a place that has traffic, whether car or people, or just where there are you know a, a number of people there for two reasons. A, ob- the obvious one, there's other people around. B, like you're not the only target if for whatever reason there really was something there. Maybe not addition much to add to that, but if anything, to give give a few quick anecdotes that kind of drive some of those points home. Here, Istanbul, right? We just arrived. City feels super safe. I cannot imagine any area of this this part of the city that we're in feeling unsafe so i, I get into a cafe have a you know have a coffee there and the, the local lady there says oh watch out for this this these stairs that are right next to the cafe going up don't don't take those there are usually you know druggies or junkies there that and and it, it's been known to be a problem right so th- this is an example of where i wasn't even asking for that advice and it was coming to me but talk to locals talk to your ca- the cafe yeah. person talk you know literally I do a lot of that in my in week one, and then I don't really need to do that anymore. After yeah. that, I really absorbed it, understood what it's like, right? But just a quick example on that. Where else have we had challenges? In Namibia, there was, that was actually one of the most significant ones in, in our six years of, of running Wi-Fi Drive and all, all the trips that we've done. There was an assault of a larger group of people. I think the group might've been seven yeah. or eight people on a group of three people, right? Which, you know, usually you think like three people were fine, we should be safe together. They were walking in an area where there was a sign that basically said, you know, be be careful of walking here or something along those lines. And it was, you know, that's that's exactly what then then ended up um, happening. And it was daylight. So, you know, most most of you'd think, oh, it'll be fine with three people daylight. But those are things that you have to watch out for. In in Cape Town, we we wouldn't go hiking with less than, I think, four people because there were signs that said go hiking with only four people, you know, with, with at least four people. Like it's, you know, some of these things like if there's a sign that's been put there by the government, <laughs> you know, there's a reason <laughs> for that, right? It. The government's, yeah. I mean, the government's basically said, well, we've given up policing this area, but let's just tell you, like, here's here's how you can take care <laughs> of yourself. Probably don't go. Yeah. yeah. Those no, are great absolutely. anecdotes. So yeah, hopefully, again, a lot of it is, it's kind of a gut feel, but also asking around, looking at signs. Hopefully you're starting to to kind of catch the trends for all of these things. So the next one is keeping your money safe. Again, we'll... We'll probably need to do a whole other episode on like money, like, I don't know, ways to not get taken advantage of, but this is kind of the broader topic of like ATMs and the sort of like bigger sort of in the grand scheme of things. So Diego, what are some quick tips just to like not get your money stolen? <laughs> yeah. Uh, when it comes to, to ATMs, the the biggest thief, I think, if you actually to look at the, the amount is uh, the ATM itself. <laughs> The fees. So just be, be wise about which ATMs you choose. I'm sure that is a, I'm sure that is a statistic fact. I just haven't researched it yet. But let's put that one That's aside. Yeah, that aside, there are certain countries that have a reputation for ATM theft. You'll probably hear it again. Ask locals. Very simple one. Like, hey guys, is there are there problems with ATMs here? Most will yeah. say no. It's all good. Some will say yes. Actually, in this area, this particular one. Da, da, da. Bali is a perfect example of where a lot of ATMs can can like they'll copy your card and that'll be that right. And yep. it'll always be specific ATMs. There was a whole blow up of one of them that got found out. And then everybody, everyone like posted it all over um, social media to make sure that nobody would go there. Right. So those are things to 
to be aware of. My my rule of thumb, I think there was like there was some uh, documentaries about this in the past that kind of gave that knowledge. And and I think Marissa, you and I talked about this recently as well. Is that whenever we go to an empty ATM. We just like go where, where you put the card, you just hold it and you start to shake it a little bit. Yes. If it feels loose, if it feels like yeah. a piece that shouldn't be there, because that's essentially what it is. Somebody's just gone, yeah. let me add this random little piece that looks like it's part of the machine, but it's not. Then don't put your card in there because your card is going to get uh, skinned. Yes. Skin, and right? I actually, right before I hopped on this podcast, I'm in Bali now and stopped at an ATM in a little booth and did just that where I literally, yeah, it's like that little kind of duck bill thing. You kind of pull it. I do it every single time. Just You just never know. Just never know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I, I don't think I've come across one where I go, this is a little bit loose or I've suddenly <laughs> never, got the thing in my hand. I'm like, no, <laughs> but, but it makes me feel safer. And again, this is professional advice that, that was handed out at some point. So, so yeah. I still follow it. The other one, of course, is the pad, right? There can be little cameras as you're typing your code. That's something that you want to, you want to cover or, or protect in whatever way that you're doing that. Yeah. Apart from that, never. Oh, this is the other big thief airports taking out not taking out money but exchanging currencies yeah. at the airport oh my god you can lose 30 percent of your money it's crazy yeah, yeah always use atms yeah i think again we could do a whole episode on atms and exchange rates and things like that so it's a topic for another day but in general with money i always say have multiple credit cards and different places that you have cash and i like to keep them in several different places so i might put you know a card or two and some cash in a purse that i'm you know have on me and then yeah, when I leave smart. the house, I'm going to keep another, you know, se- I'm going to separate it and put it in, you know, somewhere in a backpack or a suitcase or in a safe place, you know, that I'm staying so that if I'm out and something, you know, knock on wood doesn't happen, actually never, that has never happened to me. But if someone were to steal my money or my cash or my cards, and especially if I'm alone, then I've got another backup credit card, mm. debit card, something like that. So I'm not in a bind like in that moment. So kind of like separating your stuff in case something does happen. Yeah. So I feel like we could go on about that. But again, also just like don't have your money out like in, in broad, I don't know, when you're trying to pay something, don't like pull out all of your money to start, you know, sorting through, like take out just the bills you need. Don't be super obvious things like that. But yeah, we'll have to do a whole nother like money theft and just kind of best practices for money abroad. Well, next one maybe would be kind of related to this, right? It's talking a little bit about what what are you actually walking around with? And I think that... Number seven, what do you walk around with or not walk around with, Diego? Yeah, no, it's it's, it's great because it ties in so nicely to to the money part. I mean, first, as you're thinking about the money that you're getting, if you're in a place that you're less comfortable with or where you think safety is a bit of an issue, my default mentality is just, what am I willing to lose if I do, if something does happen, right? It's like gambling, Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and and it's like you said, Marissa, you, you have that one car that you're like, okay, if it's, if it's, you know, if I lose this, it's fine, I still have another one. And the same goes with with cash. Like In the places where I felt the least safe, I would literally just go, how much cash do I need, right? <laughs> you know, today, for this <laughs> yep. outing, put put that in my pocket plus 20%. And that's and that's that I'll leave my card even at home, right? And I, I just know, like, I'm, I'm gonna be perfectly sorted for for what I need. In fact, I do, I really prefer to always have money, right? Because if you do, if you're in a situation, somebody does like something happens, right? You do get robbed. Then it can be very frustrating for the person on the other end to, wow, look at me having empathy with a thief to not get anything, right? So you actually want to hand, 
poor thing. you want to hand something over so that nothing escalates and and it's like look i'm sorry this is all i have here you go yeah um and job done but that 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 there's something right there's there's something that the person can walk away with again this this sounds like very alarmist it is <laughs> i think i've had yeah, to do that in two kind of, countries where I've, it, yeah it's just, it's very rare very rare and again nothing has ever happened to you marissa nothing's ever happened to me i think nothing's ever happened to jeff we've been around for for years pretty much for our, our, yeah. our lives traveling right so it's not common. All we're doing is, is if you can be smart about this, it's probably not even going to happen to you. Yeah, that's a, a really good point. Like halfway through the episode, this episode is not to scare you. Again, we're still traveling all over and these things mostly have not happened to us because we do have our wits about us. Because like, again, it, it can't prevent everything, but we're saying it's like, how do you minimize your risks? How do you make it so that you are not the, you know, you're, you're not doing the dumb things that are like, if you do the dumb things, these things will happen to you. That's what I will say. Like you will get your money stolen. You will get your phone stolen. You, you know, you will get taken advantage of because you've put yourself in that position. So this episode is to say, how do you take all of our years of, of travel knowledge and make it so that like you are as smart as possible so these things don't happen to you. So don't feel alarmed. Don't feel like, oh my gosh, there's like threats in every country I'm not aware of. You really can find ways to travel everywhere, but just the same as you would do at home, you know, be safe about when and where you're walking and what you have. And in terms of what you walk around with for this, you know, topic number seven here, I'm also mindful. It really varies from country to country. Sometimes I'll walk around with jewelry on and a purse and my phone out while I'm walking, changing music. And I don't think twice. There's times in Bali where I am right now where I am like that, but maybe at night or in some other places even, or certain places even within Bali or just, you know, in general in the world or in Cape Town where I just was like, there's a ring that I love that looks, you know, sort of flashier. I'm wearing it now that more has sentimental value to me. And I just won't wear that out at night. Or there's places where I literally just don't take a purse. And I'm like, right, whatever fits in my pocket and might get stolen is what's coming out with me. I've heard of people in Colombia or other places getting almost like a, a burner phone. So at night, they'll leave their iPhone or nicer phone at home and just take something to be able to get in touch. And you just leave things at home at night. So yeah, just be mindful. And as Diego said, like, don't take all your cash with you. Take only what you what you could get stolen. Not to say that everything is going to, right? But it's like, just how do you minimize your your risk is what we're going for here. Okay. Yeah. And, and Medellin, again, a great example, just because of going out at night, you do. Yeah. We've had so many people who've had phones stolen. Just pickpocketed, right? Like, that's not a major yes. safety risk, but it sucks, right? So if you yeah. can be smart about understanding which countries have those risks and then just preempting it. Sorry, yeah. go for it, Marissa. No, I'm just going to head on to the next one, which is number eight. Tips if you're alone. I need to start here, Diego. So this is for the solo. Diego and I are often in groups or with friends, but if you are alone, what are some specific tips here? I will I will probably throw this one right back to you because I am rare, very rarely alone. But yeah, maybe the, the only thing I can think of is that we've got this week where where I will often arrive before everybody else arrives. And that's kind of a week where I'm sort of moving around on my own. For me, when I'm when I'm alone, I really don't want to be with my suitcases somewhere. Right. So that's one of the, the parts where I feel the most vulnerable because you you're just bogged down. I would avoid walking around the city at especially at as I still don't know the city. And those maybe are the two the two biggest points in terms of vulnerabilities that I'd, I'd be concerned about being being alone. Maybe the only other thing that comes to mind there is: Do you have some kind of? Like, is there somebody who knows something about 
you know, where you are or that you're in this place or, you know, basically some kind of a backup there. But yeah, Marissa, I think you'll, you'll have a lot more on this. I don't know. I think I should maybe do better. Diego asked me before we started this, he was like, what do you do? Who do you tell? Or what do you do if you're going somewhere when you're alone? I was like, well, good question. I don't do that. I probably should. I always just tell people afterwards, like, I'm glad I'm still okay. I was um, like, I never tell my parents anything beforehand. I always tell them after I've done all the weird, hard, scary things. I'm like, I'm good. Don't worry. But in general, there's times where I will just text a friend, like, FYI, like, I'm going here or I'm doing this. And it's almost like there's not really much they can do. But should something happen, it's nice for someone to have a starting point or a clue. Definitely when I'm alone, I'm just always a little bit more on edge. I I really do try to, like, I am not the the person who plans almost anything ahead of time. But if I am traveling solo, like I'm more likely to book the, you know, we kind of said book a a driver from the airport ahead of time or be more mindful about, yeah, taxis or, or just letting people know where I am. I'm more mindful about the location of where I book a hotel or an Airbnb. If I know that I'm solo in a place, like I want to be staying somewhere that's definitely walkable. Whereas when I travel with friends, there's a lot of things I don't think twice about. So I'll arrive in a new location and be like, I have no idea how to get to this place. I don't know how much it should cost, but I'm with friends. So I just don't care as much. So really, it's just kind of over preparing. And then I do share, Diego was just saying, send me a little message about sharing locations, like on your phone with WhatsApp. I kind of forgot. I I think like... I don't know, half a decade ago when I first started traveling, I shared my location with my parents. I, it might still be sharing it. I don't even know. But yeah, you can share your live location. But I do text. I've gone on dates before and told friends like, hey, I'm I'm going here with someone I don't know, FII, things like that. But it's, it's really just you have to be a step of, ahead of how you'd be in a group and plan ahead and be more mindful. Yeah, 100%. 100%. No, that, that resonates a lot. And I think the other thing you could do is just see, I, I think I, I naturally do this as well. When I'm alone, I will tend to gravitate towards people quite quickly. And especially as I'm still getting my bearing of the place, I'll, I'll usually sort of semi-attach to, to somebody who's already been there for a little bit, or I'll hang out with people a little bit more. So basically just to have just a feeling of a, of a buddy system until you really get your, your bearing in a, in a place. Yeah. Yeah. Next one, number nine, is just how to be unassuming in general. So I'm going to kick this back to you, Diego. What does that mean to you? And why is it? This is almost one of the most important things as a traveler, I would say. And most importantly, why do you ask me? Do you find me very unassuming? <laughs> no, you are 100% this is your, right. Your, this is your great word. <laughs> your no, you are totally this right. One. I love that word. Diego's unass- you yeah. would not want to rob Diego. <laughs> Because it looks no, so there's, there's, there's nothing here. <laughs> I do not look like money. <laughs> um, perfect. Yeah. I, I think, what, what did I call it before even? Uh, be scrummy. Look scrummy, right? So <laughs> the, the, let's just put it out there. The extreme version of this. If somebody is looking to to get something from someone, right? Um, to rob somebody from something. Then they're, they're obviously also looking for targets, right? And you can either be a target because you look like a target, or you can be somebody who just doesn't look like it's worth um, the effort or the or the hassle, right? And that's usually because you're really, you know, big, chunky, you've been going to the gym your whole life. But if you don't have that, then uh, the other version of not looking very, uh, very robbable is um, <laughs> to just not not look like money, right? That, that you just don't have anything to, to offer per se. And then, you know, immediately, like, the, you know, imagine the robbers there, you're, you're, 
you're there in the crowd, there's somebody else. You're there, you look like nothing. And the other person is holding a camera, has got, you know, you know, gold chains around their neck. Like clearly that's where the, where the person's eyes are going. Right. So the, the, you know, that's the extreme version of it. And I find that people who tend to look like more of the um, sort of like, you know, hipster, hippie, hippie style and backpacker travelers, you know, maybe that style of travels that you've seen a lot coming out of Argentina. So a lot of those Argentinian travels are with those like really colorful travels. Like that is, that's probably the safest way I would say to, <laughs> to travel to, <laughs> to camouflage, if you will. <laughs> but you know, if that's not your style, at the very least, my, my top recommendation would be have a scrummy looking backpack. Cause as a digital nomad, you're going to be taking your, you know, your laptop and your, and your belongings around with you from maybe one place to another cafe or whatever. You certainly don't want anyone to think that there is a, a camera in your backpack or be especially not a laptop. Right. Um, <laughs> so I always want that backpack to just look like, you know, whatever, like I, I'm probably doing some shopping or something like that. So that's, yeah. that's probably my number, my number one. And beyond that, it's the same obvious stuff that you were saying, whereas there's cities where you walk around with jewelry. There's cities where I won't walk around with jewelry, right? So it's important to know that. Do you ever wear jewelry? I don't think I've ever seen you oh, wear jewelry. Uh, oh, well, we've never been in a safe city together. I'm full of now, <laughs> I'm just imagining going to some city with you and you're suddenly wearing like diamond chains. <laughs> I just can't even imagine. And you'll be like, oh, Diego, you feel I safe. Just, <laughs> cool. Yeah, we've only been in some pretty bizarre locations together now that I think about it. So maybe one day I'll, I'll catch you with all your bling. But yeah, to Diego's, I love that of just not like, look like you don't have much, look like you're not worth much. The other thing, I remember reading a book one time and it was talking about, it was actually kind of talking about personalities and how, you know, you can have, I think it was talking about Meryl Streep, how someone saw her, she was sitting in someone's dressing room or like behind, like backstage watching a play and was like unnoticeable. Nobody even knew she was there. Like this woman who was standing right next to her didn't even know who she was. And then when the people like came backstage and she wanted to be present, it was almost like she like turned her light on and was like this, you know, you're vibrant kind of person. So all of this to say, I think about that sometimes when I'm walking down the street, right? There's times where, you know, imagine you're in a room with friends and like your light is on and you're you're noticeable and you're personable. And like, that's something, you know, that is noticeable when you walk down the street by yourself in a place where you could get robbed, right? You're noticeable. So there's times like when, when I'm walking alone or in places where I'm like, mm, it's questionable. I probably shouldn't be walking here. If I have like a hoodie, I will put it on and put a hood on. So like, I look like the creepy weird one, you know, it sounds silly, but it's, it's real. Like I will put a hood on, I will put you know, more clothing on as a female, you know, I, I hate to say that, but it's true. Like you want to dress for your surroundings. You want to be someone that people don't want to attack or kidnap or even be around, right? Like you want to be the creepy, weird, like weird energy walking by. So turn that light off when you are walking around. Yeah. So yeah, you're, the next... Marissa, you're the kind of person that I would just, I'd cross <laughs> the street for if I, if I were to meet you on a, on a street like that. I was Wearing walking. All my <laughs> Yes, it was funny. I was walking in Cape Town the other day where it was like just getting to sundown, like on the verge of like, should I be walking here or shouldn't I? And I had this kind of rain jacket that I put on and I put a hood and I walked across the street toward this family and I feel like I creeped them out and like they were definitely like noticeably aware of me walking towards them because <laughs> I looked weird and creepy. And I was like kind Perfect. of proud. I know. I was like, I wanted to, I, I actually like took my hood off and like waved at them as I walked by and then like put it back on as I like <laughs> kept going. I mean, it, but, it's brilliant because if a thief thinks that they're going to end up 
net negative by approaching you well that's they're not gonna they're not gonna get close to you right imagine they, they thought yeah. they're gonna rob you and they and they lose two phones like, exactly that's not i'm gonna take them. your phone so that's what you want to look like that's the kind of the opposite of being un, like don't yeah be unassuming or just be like totally unapproachable and on that note this is like kind of a little bit a little different twist of that but number 10 is don't look like a tourist so in addition to just kind of, again, being smart, like not wearing bling, like, you know, put more clothing on in places, whatever that might be like. There's also the other extreme of that where you don't want to look like a tourist. And by that, I mean, mm-hmm. you're like walking around like a lost little puppy looking at your phone. You know, those people like, I don't know, when I used to get out of the subway in New York and I didn't know which direction I was facing, you take your phone, you kind of like turn to see which way your map goes because you have no idea where you are or just like holding a physical map or like a big touristy camera or just like if your clothing looks so different than, you know, the the culture that you're in and you clearly stand out, like you just don't want to look like a, you look like a target when you are a tourist Mm -hmm. in that way. I've got a good example, but anything else to add to that, Diego? No, I, I think that's I think that's brilliant. Maybe the uh, just doubling down on the on the phone situation there. I, I I always avoid using my phone in public if I'm not comfortable yeah. with the with the destination yet, and that's a default really. No matter how safe the place is, if it's starting to get late at night and I don't really yeah. know the place yet, I I just won't. You know, I'll know where am I going, understand kind of my route, try to map it out mentally already. If I need to see my phone, I'll just you know, check it super quick, put it right back in my pocket. Yeah. I'm not texting anyone. I'm not calling anyone while I'm, while I'm on the go, you know, if, if a place feels safe. So ab- absolutely that, that removes all of that risk. Yeah. And wireless, like Bluetooth headphones that are like unassuming, maybe just stick one in your ear with your maps that's telling you where to go. So you don't look at your phone, things like that. I was joking. This is just top of mind. I was telling Diego beforehand in Cape Town, I was walking around, I think it was like 11am. It was midday and I was walking down the street and there was this couple probably in their 50s or 60s this looked like I don't know they were dressed very touristy and as I was walking down the street they were in this they had like popped into this little cove where they thought they were hidden from people and they had out like their phones they were looking at directions I don't know if they had money out like I I was telling Diego like jokingly, I was like, I almost wanted to like jokingly rob them just to be like, guys, like, I know you think you're hiding, but you have never been more obvious. Like there was a a pretty busy street where lots of people were walking where they could have just been in public looking at their phone and their money and all of these things, but they were like even more targets, even like as soon as someone walked by, you just want to take everything from them because, and they had their backpacks and they're, you know, they just looked so touristy. I was like, I just want to take everything from you because you're being so dumb. So, all right, guys, everyone listening, you, you do realize that the biggest threat traveling is meeting Marissa on the street yes. because this I'm has now come up five times. <laughs> I'm going to look scary with a hood and I will take your money just to teach you a lesson. And then I'll give it back to you and be like, guys, just don't do this. But as Diego was saying, like, it's like if you have to check your phone or get money out or do these things, try to go into like a, just a place where it's well lit or pop into a restaurant real quick and check your phone and then pop back out and keep going things like that so don't be like that couple who i wanted who i wanted to teach <laughs> who, who marissa def- desperately wanted to rob <laughs> wow. i was so close i almost i actually was was 50 50 debating stopping them i would have terrified them so i didn't but i really wanted to stop and just be like i know you think you're being safe but like you have never looked like more of a target like i just wanted to help them so badly but i didn't 
they were clearly so nervous and had read all the things and they were trying to do the right thing, which was so cute, but it was just, it was, it was sad. It was way too, yeah. If you're going to do that, just hop into a store, just go yes. to a little convenience store, grocery store. Or like a hotel lobby or yeah. anything, restaurant, yeah. Just get out um, of the street to count your money. <laughs> not in a lone place in a corner where someone could just corner you and take you anything. Oh, yeah, it's perfect. It was, like a little, it was like a little alcove. I was like, what are you doing? Okay, oh. anyway. I could go on about that. The next one, again, these are kind of all about <laughs> each other, but <laughs> number 11 is keep your eye on your belongings. This is a good one. I need to start, Diego. You go first. Yeah, you know, I, I'm just going to start us with a story, and I think that'll <laughs> that'll settle the lesson. I was in I was in Medellin at this time, and we were in this, it was a, a nice hotel. We were at the bottom of that. There was a nice cafe, restaurant kind of situation going on there. We were there with I think I want to say four or five other people just sitting at one of those tables, one of those like higher stool tables um, and just have, having a meal together, right? Having a chat. There weren't many people at the restaurant and this other guy. So this is pretext to this little story. This other guy who was just coming onto the trip, I had messaged him before and said, hey, look, my laptop's kind of uh, stopped working. Would you be able to bring me one, right? So the guy, you know, very nicely does. And his name's Andre, great guy. So if you ever meet him, say hi, hi to him from me. He he brings it along. And then as as usual, right, I haven't sorted the laptop out at home as I should have. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to take it along. I'm going to do this at the cafe. <laughs> so I've got two laptops in my backpack, right? And it's I, I love the story because it it's brilliant on so many levels. So that was the first layer of stupidity. I walked around Medellin with a backpack with two laptops and all of my other electronics. <laughs> Literally, my life is in that backpack. And then we we have that that meal together at that restaurant I, I put the, the backpack at the base of my chair, which I usually do. Like that's my the standard place we'll have it because it's relatively close to me. And so we're just we're just chatting and, and and suddenly just out of the corner of my eye, I see I see something moving, right? And <laughs> I, I, I turn around and this this lady, she was there with, with another guy as well. This lady just has my backpack and just hands it over to me, right? <laughs> and I go, and you know, I I just didn't register it. And I, I was just me- mentally, I think I must have just thought. Oh, how nice of her to give me my backpack. It must have been in the way or it must have, you know, maybe she was cleaning something and she just wanted to make sure that I've got my back. I don't know what was going through my mind, but clearly I wasn't thinking straight. And so I, I take the backpack back and, and I'm like, oh, let me put it over to this side now so that it's all because maybe there was something semi dodgy that, that my gut feeling started to pick up on. And and then, you know, maybe like a minute later, that couple, those two people, they just walk out of the of the restaurant. It's in that moment I go, oh my God, what, oh, they were just trying to steal my, that's when I realized, right? I run to the, to the, uh, the restaurant owner there and I go, hey, do you happen to have, like, you know, this just happened. Do you happen to have uh, a recording, a camera, camera um, situation going on? And, and they show me and in the camera, here's what I see, right? So we're sitting, I've got the back to them, but in front of me are the other two, the other three people that I was with that we were, you know, all together having a conversation. Nobody sees anything. The this couple, these two people, and the lady starts to just like put her foot down on the the strap that I have on my backpack and just tries to pull the backpack over with her foot. And as as irony would have it, she couldn't because the backpack was too heavy because it had two <laughs> laptops in it. <laughs> so like, thank God it had two here. laptops in it. <laughs> yeah, right. That's what, but yeah. So they got more and more and more desperate, and that's when she like had to get down and, and move it. And that's what I saw. Right. And that was a moment where she then had the backpack in her in her hand, and I and I and I had it back. But yeah, all of that to say that like this. Oh, a, this so the woman anywhere. who handed it to you was the one who was trying to take it. Yes, exactly. Ooh, and she panicked probably in the moment. 
Yeah. Like, oh, here, she panicked here. in a moment. Cause she, right. Because she was caught red-handed. And, and even I didn't see it. But she did the right thing, I guess. <laughs> and you're like, thank you. It just you. made me go like, oh, thanks. Thanks for my backpack. That's very nice of you. Um, so oh, so the lesson here, I, I mean, there's I, I think there's several lessons. Never have two laptops <laughs> in one backpack. Or actually do, because that way nobody can see it. It's too heavy. Put some um, weights in your backpack. No, <laughs> yeah, just put some, yeah, not too laptops, just some weights. Um, no, but the, the other really important thing is to, to always have an eye on your on your belongings, right? Even when you think it's that close to you, like now I will yeah. I will either attach my backpack to, I don't know, the chair or something, or just put like the chair on top of one of the straps, or I'll have it right in front of me. You know, you just have to, in any moment, something like this can yeah. happen, right? There's always somebody who's, who's smarter than you are when it comes to these things, because you don't think <laughs> that way, right? You're not thinking like, oh, how can I? slide a, a backpack away yeah a yeah, little anecdote to, to remember i love that i agree i always like if it's a purse i'll like loop things like under the chair and then put my chair on top of it so if someone pulled like it, you know you can't pull it anywhere or i'll hold it in my lap or you know if i'm on a plane or something it's like i make sure i have all my most important objects in a purse on me if my backpack's overhead or on a like if i have to put stuff under a bus yeah you just want to make sure as much as you can to have your eye on belongings and again, it really varies country by country. Like in um, in Cape Town, where I just was, we were out to dinner and actually the waitress, this was crazy, took our friend's phone, like at the end of the night, everyone was kind of drunk. And so she just decided like, we're the last people closing out. And she took his phone as we were paying the bill. And as we were leaving, luckily he was checking his pockets and he was like, where's my phone? And we were like searching under the table and the waitress, she was like, oh, sorry, I thought like we called it and heard it. And she thought that it was, she was like, sorry, I have the same one. I thought it was mine. We were like, oh, okay, no. God, but again, wow. yeah, I was like, wow, Cape Town. But, you know, again, you want to be, never know who's going to try to like have a sleight of hand or take it. So mm. that's just another one. Be cautious when you drink or if you're, you know, inebriated in any sort of way, don't have your belongings or just be extra careful. But yeah, definitely know where you're, you know, I try to keep my phone, depending where I am, definitely out of sight. But then in Bali, where I am, you know, there's places where it's like, don't put your phone in your scooter when you're driving. But when I'm sitting in a cafe, I have it sitting next to me. And actually, like you said, someone returning, I was at, a, this is this is some good stories too. I was in Ubud and I was pulling up to a cafe and I dropped my headphones when I took my helmet off. So I leaned over to pick it up and I think my mm. phone fell out of my pocket onto the grounds and I didn't know. And there was a guy there like, you know, watching over scooters and stuff. And I went into the restaurant and I sat down, I was there for like a minute looking at the menu and the waitress comes to me and she hands me my phone. And I was kind of like you. And oh I was like, my God, oh, thank you. Amazing. And I was like, wait a minute, like, where did you get this? And she was like, the guy outside gave it to me. So oh, there are good things in the incredible. world, but yeah, do try to watch over, just have an eye on your stuff. Um, I've got one. Yeah. I, yeah, I wanted to add just okay. one more thing to because you were saying, okay, have your phone next to you while you're working at a cafe in Bali. So back in Medellin, different different time. <laughs> do not, not do the same that. Time. Never do that. <laughs> so they have a very uh, a very smart little trick there that they do. You'll have your phone next to you, next to your laptop. They'll come over with like a like a paper or, or some some you know, something that's bigger than your phone. And they'll show you something, they'll be like, buy my pen. In this case it was a guy who was like, buy my pen, right? And and so we're like, you know. All right, we'll help. We'll help out. We'll, we'll buy your pen. I didn't need a pen. I don't even know how to write with a pen. Like those days are over. But we bought the pen, right? Because we felt like the, it was the right thing to do. And at least the per, the person was like, as opposed to just asking for money, we're like, okay, we're, they're selling something, right? We don't realize they they go away. And my girlfriend had just bought a new phone. And well, lo and behold, the new phone was gone. 
right? And so we oh, started no. to try. And we realized what had happened is they put this paper over the phone, had distracted us with the whole like buy a pen situation. We'd actually bought the pen, paid even more than we should have paid. Mm-hmm. As they moved the paper away, they moved the phone and the paper away together. So your your eye doesn't see it, your mind doesn't see it, but it's one of those like magic trick situations where you just don't you don't realize. So these are things to watch out for, right? This is what it means to have an eye on your belongings. Even when you think you have an eye on your belongings, your phone is literally <laughs> next to you. It is in front of your eyes. You can yeah. you can lose things, right? Be very careful. Yeah. That. Ooh, that's a good one. Okay, the next one. This is a little bit broader. I can kick it off, but it's is trusting your intuition. This is number twelve, and we talked a little bit about this and. This is where some people, I know I get, you know, comments that are, that basically just don't believe in this. But as Diego said before, like, trust that gut feeling. If you walk up to someone and, or a street, you have a bad feeling about a location or a person or a taxi driver, just don't go. Turn around, ask for someone else. Don't get in the car, get out of the car, whatever that is. Just if you have that little alarm going off, whether you know if it's right or not, sometimes we'll never know, but really just listen to it. It has it has really served me well, even in choosing taxi drivers when I'm at an airport or trusting whether or not I, again, just trust an area to walk in or not. It's like, trust that feeling and regret. Anything to add to that, Diego? Nothing apart from just going, maybe add, adding like a little bit of an, another angle to the gut feeling. I, I think some people will be like, oh, gut feeling, you know, what, is that really, is that really that relevant? But it is, it's a biological thing, right? There's a reason that we, we have it. We are programmed in yeah. a way to receive information that you might not intellectually in that moment understand but your subconscious has picked up on something some you know yeah. minor way in which a person has looked at you some some something about a situation that makes you go i'm not comfortable with this right and yeah, yeah. granted in a world where we're all super anxious you know some of us have more <laughs> anxieties than others and it's it's not always going to be accurate but it is right. it is a it's a protection mechanism that is biologically part of who we are right yeah. and so that's that's why yeah absolutely i i would i would lean on that Yeah. There's one more I wanted to add to the end. This one wasn't here, but a number 13 sort of bonus. And this is female specific. If someone, a lot of times I'll be in a taxi or an Uber or walking, or even with a tour guide or just anywhere, God knows, a restaurant, someone approaches you walking, whatever. A lot of times, especially in the Middle East, but really anywhere, even in Bali, people will ask me this. People will say like, do you have a boyfriend? Are you here alone? Are you here with your husband? Are you married? This is the, you know, I don't condone lying in general, but I will say like, there's times if I'm traveling alone, I will take one of my rings and put it on my ring finger. And when someone says like, where's your husband? I'm like, oh, he's, you know, over here at the restaurant. Here's my, like, I mean, sometimes people don't care. I'm saying in the middle, there's been times, right? I'm like, yes, here's my ring. And they're like, I don't see your husband here. Like, where is he? You know, sometimes people don't care so much, but it's always good just to like say like, yes, my, my husband, my boyfriend is here. Your friend is here, whatever that is. Like never say you're alone. Mm -hmm. I remember I was driving back. I was actually even with a boyfriend at the time, but we were driving at three in the morning, I think in uh, Czech Republic. And this taxi driver was like, oh, are you guys, you know, basically don't say you're a tourist. Are you here? Are you visiting? And your first gut instinct Mm -hmm. is to be like, yeah, I am. Like, I know nothing about this place. First Tell time here. It. So excited. First yeah. time. 
yeah. yeah, I've made that mistake, don't. And so what you want, I was like, no, no, we're, we're here visiting family. You know, you're dropping us off at my family's house or I'm going to meet my mm-hmm, boyfriend, mm-hmm. my husband. Is, re- so I know it feels, at least for me, I still always question, like it feels weird to lie. I don't like to lie. It is very hard for me to do so. But I, anyone listening, I give you full permission to lie in these situations because it's a good thing to do. It's, it's never good it's to a matter say of you're, safety. Yeah. yeah, like you're not a female alone. And even as a male, if someone's like, hey, are you, mm-hmm. you know, are you here for the first time? Say no, like pretend like you know where you are. You've got friends, you've got family, you know, locals. It really goes a long way for sure. So there's lots of other things as a female, again, just like to, to be aware of, but hopefully you got a lot of tips mm-hmm. from this episode. So those are the top 13. Again, we could go on for hours and hours, as you can hear with many more stories, but any other takeaways, Diego, as we wrap this up? I think maybe like a, a high level, higher level thing to leave with is theft and, and robbery is uh, an opportunistic thing, right? It always is. So yeah. if you reduce the likelihood that you are a good target or that this is a good opportunity, then you're you're going to more often than not ensure that you're never going to find yourself in that in that situation, right? Because on the other end, it's always a person who who's weighing the odds of is it worth it or is it not worth it, right? Yeah. Just don't make it worth it, right? Whether that's <laughs> because you've got either you're unassuming or you've got, like you said, you've got friends or family around or you know the place, you're comfortable. You're like, all of those things make you less of an opportunity and make it less yeah. likely that something's going to going to happen, right? Yeah. And the other thing that maybe I would just suggest as well is, or just just remind all of us is that, like, guys, it's not. It's not a scary, crazy world out there. It's, you know, you know these stories from your own, your own cities, your own neighborhoods, your own, your own countries. Ironically, I've been, you know, all over the world. And then when I came back to Germany, I, I had a quick hop over to, to France. Somebody stole my luggage in, in France. And within a week, I was in <laughs> Germany and we're, we're literally where we live in that in the house. Somebody broke in and stole three laptops. Oh. And then I went on to travel around the world again and, and, and nothing happened. But it's so ironic. <laughs> yeah. And then something to add, as you were saying, Diego, I think a lot of what we talked about here was that sort of opportunistic theft and how to avoid that sort of thing. But we, we didn't really cover as much of the bigger sort of places where if you're traveling in countries that are in you know, war zones or have a record of like kidnapping or like there's some countries where, you know, I I will go almost anywhere, but like there's some places where at this moment, like it's not the right time to go to some countries. Or as an example, I traveled to Myanmar many years ago where there was a genocide happening and many places like you just don't cross the land borders in certain places, but like you, there's certain places you go in a country and certain places you don't. And so I guess be mindful, you know, there's people who are going to take the risk and go to some of those riskier countries and you just have to be extra safe. Sometimes you want to find a local, go with a tour company, go with someone who knows what they're doing. So I think most of the tips that we have are really taken for like some places that might be more about theft or, you know, maybe some bodily harm if you are in the wrong place and someone trying to rob you or something like that. But do be mindful and do your research about some of the countries where there's, you know, bigger, I guess, bigger things going on. It doesn't always stop me from going, but I will be extra careful or plan or know people ahead of time. So that's just sort of a caveat there. We are at the end here, but we want to thank you for listening. Again, I hope that this episode really is educational and take it from us. Like we are 
really still, still traveling to all of these places. I've been to some pretty quote unquote, you know, dangerous places. And I, I think sometimes it feels more dangerous in my own home. So yeah, take this episode as just to say like, all right, now you've got all the tips and all the information to be a wise traveler who can go out in the world and be in these places without, you know, knock on wood, something mostly happening to you because you're aware and knowledgeable. This is not at all an episode to scare you and say not to travel. In fact, it is totally the opposite. We want to arm you with all the information to, you know, have all the safety tips and and preparation you can. And really it becomes second nature. So if this totally overwhelmed you and you're like, oh my God, I, I have 85 tips to write down, just know that like it gets easier, it becomes more secondhand and, and you just, you don't even think twice. You just know to do these things. So with that said, as always, if you are interested in becoming a digital nomad and traveling the world like Diego and I do, if you want to be in Turkey like Diego or Bali like me right now, check out beachcommute.com slash 91 gives you a list of 91 jobs that digital nomads in our community are doing. And other than that, uh, we hope to see you in the world sometime soon. Have a good day. Have a good day.